This is As Time Goes By. Rich O'Brien here, and I'm sitting here with Shelley Engelhart. Yes, I sir. It. I got it right. Did yes, I? you did. Okay. Shelley is the manager for, how do you say that? How do you Kiowa say that position? County, Kiowa County Emergency Manager. Emergency Manager. Yes, sir. Now, I'm under the assumption that uh, we have emergencies from time to time of all kinds. Yes, sir. But you're there to be prepared. Is that correct? Yes, sir. For when they hit. Exactly. Like a tornado? A tornado. A flood? Flood. What else? It could be blizzard. It could be a wildland fire. Just anything that would impact our community in a huge way. And how do you determine what that thing is? Who tells you? Basically, I work kind of hand-in-hand as a support to our fire department, our hospital, our sheriff's department, all of those different entities. And at any point, if they think that we need to declare an emergency or need my help of any kind, then I, I go to assist and help in any way I possibly can. So... The I would assume then that those agencies all know how to get in touch with you. Are they all put into that position? Yes, uh, yes. Of uh, knowing how to get in touch with you, calling exactly. the county, yes, and asking for you, exactly. And let's say that uh, there is a wildfire. Okay. And uh, it's a threat to the community. Right. So the fire department would call you. Most generally, I tend to go on most fires just to be fire support. Oh, you I go personally. Yes, I, I go usually to the scene, um, mainly just as a support if they need what we call mutual aid. So that would be fire assist from other counties or other entities. Um, then it's I help with getting those people notified, um, and it might go as far as the state level that we might need to have an aircraft come in and dump water, and so that's also part of my job is to contact that aircraft to come in and dump water on the fire and kind of keep track of what's going on. I also carry water and Gatorade and snacks <laughs> for firemen and say they're out there for several hours and need meals, then I come to town and go to the restaurant or someplace and get food to take back out to the firemen that are on, on site and on scene. That's serious business. It is serious business, yes. And if you are doing that, if you're, let's say, running around, uh-huh. uh, are you helped out at all by just citizens? Yes, a lot of times, um, for instance, say we did have a fireman or a, a huge fire. Um, it's also, I can either notify or the, the chief, the incident commander at the, the incident can notify maybe we need road and bridge to come out, some of their employees to drive um, road graders and things like that to you know plow up some ground to keep the fire from jumping maybe into another field or fence line or something like that. So, you know, um, just, yeah, just I'm there to help wherever I can. So I, primarily, when I think of, of these kinds of fires, I think of uh, housing. 
right and other kinds of businesses you know housing right. for businesses um, so you're you're going to be on the lookout for the threat that might be uh, witnessed by these houses these right houses. so are you also in the in the position of telling people when to leave their houses or does the fire department do that most generally the fire department would probably be the one that would initiate the evacuation. But if the, if I'm asked to do it, I I would do it. But you it, would be in touch with them anyway. I mean, you're going to be you're going to be aware. Right. I, I would take it. Yes. I'm not telling you what you're. I'm just asking. Right. The, yes. Um, but if I have a house out there and the fire is approaching my house, I want to know. Right. That I need to leave. Exactly. Because I'm going to try to stick it out, aren't I? Yes, you are. Most and you're going to be do. gathering your items that you want to take with you, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's part of my duties, you know. So, it's just, like I said, it's where I'm needed at, for what part I'm needed, you know. Um, just like when we had the incident at the hospital when the heating went oh, off. yes. I was contacted by the hospital staff to come to get volunteers to move those residents' beds. Now, we didn't, my volunteers did not move residents because they're not medically trained, but I had volunteers from the fire department and from our county road and bridge crew come up and we moved beds. They brought trailers and we moved the beds and the personal supplies. And then when it was time to go back to the reentry, they were there again. I just notified and said, hey, I need so many, you know, I need help moving beds. And I had all these volunteer firemen and road and bridge guys show up to, to do that. Now, who's road and bridge? What is That's that? the county, the road districts that take care of our dirt roads. Oh, I see. And things like that. And they're known as road and bridge? Road and bridge, yes. Okay. They're the county road and bridge crews. So the that was a, a very cri uh, critical and serious situation. Yes, it was. Uh, at the hospital. Uh, yes, and uh, I, and everyone I think was secured. Right, but uh, there's that code, isn't there? You that's why you said you move beds. Right, it's up to the hospital people to determine whether there are people in those beds. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> and they have to move the patients, you know, because sure, you know that they're trained to do that. Where you know my fireman, sure he might be able to do it, but. You well, know. There, there are all kinds of mechanical things exactly. too that have to be taken care of medically, right? Uh, with that as well. But I, I heard, of, I heard, as one citizen, I'm sure among many, about how well that went. Yes, it went very well, and uh, everybody communicated very well, and there the was people at uh, Prairie I Prairie Pines. I yes. do that every time. I can't remember the tree. That's all right. <laughs> um, they they were very helpful too. Yes, in, it was just we were fortunate to have place. people there or empty rooms that we could move patients into. That's great. That's great. So, so any kind of an emergency, and I'm trying to think what else could there be that would be most likely for our community. Now we're we're not in the uh, track of tornadoes, but we could have one. Well, yeah, we kind of we have several tornadoes fly around this area. In the area? Yes. But nothing's hit Eads. Not that I am aware of. We did have one hit over in the East End over Sheridan Lake Towner area mm. a few years ago. 
I wasn't on the job at that time, but yes, that would be something, again, that my position would be entailed to go offer support, and if they needed housing and, you know, sheltering, I mean, I might contact a church to say, oh. you know, if we have a blizzard, we need, or um, the community building to set up shelters sure. for, you know, people that are stranded here. Bring and food. And, yeah, arrange all, for food and things like that, yes. I have a supply of cots and beds or cots and blankets that, you know, I can offer to um, a shelter situation if need be. I'm sitting here thinking, uh, your Rolodex must be full. Well, you know, <laughs> I haven't actually looked at it. <laughs> you've got a lot of phone numbers. You've I do a, have a yeah. lot of phone numbers. Yeah. I, I, um, I was once in Topeka, Kansas when a tornado hit. Yes. It is not a fun experience. No, it's not. I mean, those things, it's unbelievable. Yeah. What they can do. What they can do. And this they can hit this and, house and no, level it and not touch the one next to it. That's exactly right. And, yes. and this is what happened. This one came over this little mesa there. Uh huh. That from the that came from the south west and hit that thing, and then it it jumped over. So and going back to what you're doing, that could happen here. Yes, very easily. Yes. And, Let's uh, knock on wood. Yes, that it I, doesn't ever, and that's you know. Real, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's real wood. <laughs> that is real wood. <laughs> it's hard to find nowadays. <laughs> that's right. So, so that's one possibility. Yes. What do you fear the most? Just any disaster in general. Um, you know, you don't want that to hit your community at all. Right now, I, I'm scared of all of it because I, I've only dealt with a few fires. But, you know, but the one I, I guess what I'm asking is, what do you expect the most out of uh, in terms of an emergency? Uh, fires is that is that fires the, are more common the, here because common? of the drought and you know all the the farmland and grassland that we have. The fires sure. are first our first intimate danger more than likely. So really, the uh, the rain and snow that we've had recently is a servant to yes, you. Yes, yes. <laughs> you like that very I much. I do, very much. <laughs> so, so you're in league then with the ranchers and the farmers yes. who love the, the rain and the snow as well. Exactly. So, okay. <laughs> but come summer. Right. When the rain may subside. Right. And we'll have dry grasslands. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just trees and whatnot, not just forests, but uh, right, yeah, grasslands. Grasslands, yes. That's the dangerous area. Yes. So, what do you tell citizens to do when you when you call an emergency? You say this this is, and I guess it goes through your fire department or whoever, right? That this is happening now. What are citizens told to do? Most generally, if it would be um, a fire out on you know, pasture land or something like that, you know. Small communities, I don't I don't mean it in a bad way because I, I'm here too, tend to want to go see what's happening. Yeah. And it's easier if those people can stay at home and, you know, we will post stuff on our Facebook between the fire, the sheriff, myself, on our Facebook pages and everything like that. If there is homes in danger, those people will be notified to get out as soon as possible 
fortunately enough so far I haven't been involved in anything like that we do also work with um, like the extension agent say we had cattle horses things like that that would have to be tried to be locate relocated and moved you know our all of our ranchers they work side by side they jump in and help each other and like I said the county crews they come in and you know they they work the the fire just as much as the firemen and so yes when so when there is a, let's say a fire like okay. that um and you warn people through the fire department whoever right not to come there right i i think i remember that the law enforcement people and the fire people will uh, block the road. Yes, they'll try to keep. Yeah, you know. But out in the country, the country, you know, yeah. a lot of people know little back roads on how to get to different oh, places. Yeah. So you know, and I, I have myself have helped with a roadblock. You know, to try to keep people out. And you know, as soon as you see maybe the one fire I can think of was just out east of town last year, and we had fire trucks coming from Cheyenne Wells, from Kit Carson, and trying to keep those people off those roads so those fire trucks could come through or leave to go get more water, you know. So mm. it was just, I pretty much just kind of blocked the road. And when I seen a fire truck coming, I backed out of the road and let them through. And, you know. I wanted to ask about that. Some uh, fire departments will send their equipment, their people, uh, when there's a serious threat here. Right. And you'll do the same. Right. When there's a threat there, yes, uh, yes, to other communities, so there is a need for that kind of cooperation, right, um, right. And I, how far out will you go? As far as it takes, is yeah, it depends on the size of the fire. I mean, um, I have been over um, in Otero County. We had fire trucks go, and they had fire trucks coming from Pueblo, Pueblo West. I mean, Walch, Colorado, Springfield, Lamar. I mean, everybody just, when you call for that mutual aid, they, they'll they call and say, you know, hey, we are needing a tanker truck. We're needing a suppression truck. What do you have? And they'll, sometimes they can't leave. You know, maybe they've only got two trucks and they don't want to leave their community because of the weather conditions. You sure. know, so. Okay, right. It, it just. You take what you can get, and more than likely, you're going to go help them, and they'll come help you. I was going to say, it works, you know, uh, scratch each other's backs. Exactly, yes. So, let's back up now a okay. little bit. You came to this position a year ago. Yes, sir. And you said something that made me think. You said that you're learning. I am learning every day. <laughs> so, what kinds of things do you study? How do you work at uh, learning? Every, well, the first year I spent a lot of time taking um, training courses, online courses, you know, couldn't do them in person. So um, taking COVID. training courses, yes, right. uh, online. And some of those are even FEMA required courses that I had to take. And then there's plans. Um, for every type of incident, there are different plans that have to be read and updated and make sure they fit your county needs and so what does that look like Shelley I, I, I don't know I'm kind of scared I'm just now getting into it <laughs> but uh, yeah I would be that plan might include um what our 
what our goal is, you know, as far as being prepared. Who are we going to contact? Is um, the sheriff involved? Is it the county extension involved? Is, you know, our, if we're having to ship people out, how are we going to get those people out? You know, say we have a fire consuming our town. How are we going to get all the residents out of here? We need to contact the school. Maybe we can use their school buses, you know. Right. So those types of things. So, yeah, every plan is kind of different, but it's got to be fit to Kiowa County and Kiowa County's needs. I, I you know, I mentioned the tornado in, in uh, Topeka. Right. There. One of the things that happened there was that it, it, uh, it barely missed the school, mm -hmm. one of the high schools, but it turned over cars all over the place. Right. And one of the things they were saying was they were warning people not to come there because of electric lines down all over exactly. the place. And that the students were safe and that they would be brought home in school buses, even right. if they weren't normally in school buses. Exactly. That was, the, that was the plan. Now, you're set up for, I would assume, that same kind of thing. Yes. If there are electric lines down. Right. Uh, th that's a, a really a very dangerous part of a, of a crisis, isn't it? Because yes. the, the other part of the crisis, the, the destroyed territory, you know, all that, that's part of it. But what about those things like that, the aftermath? Right, and that's also part of the position. Um, you have to start that recovery plan and rebuilding plan, you know. So all of that goes into one plan so if there's a tornado and the school's damaged and there's lines down it's like who you, you've got to contact southeast power you know and like i said keep the students there we've got to make sure there's staff on hand to feed those students then when southeast power okays that or whatever their and their the, plan is and then, the parents coming in Shelley, right that, they had to be warned I'm, exactly I uh, not to come in on the school grounds because of those, uh, or the parking lot, I should say. Right. Because of those down power lines. lines. Yeah. And that's hard for parents, you know. <laughs> so that's where a lot of times you can set up, like open up the community building. Say it wasn't affected where parents can go there and they can, they can listen. I mean, it, it would go as far as school shootings. You know, you have to have Ooh, a place where yeah. parents... And people can meet so they can have the media updates and know what's going on or, you know, people to contact and things like that. I did go to a, a class last year right after I come on to the job. And it was a, a re I don't want to say retreat. Um, it was a three-day event in... Loveland, where all emergency managers go, and you go and you can take these different um, little seminars, you know, one-hour, two-hour seminars, and I was really impressed with one on a school shooting, how this emergency manager decided he was going to put the scenario together of what a school shooting would look like. He said there was so much involved. He thought he'd just walk in. Okay, we're going to have kids pretend to be shot. We're going to have, you know, we're going to call the cops. We're going to call the ambulance, you know, that kind of thing. But he said it took him almost seven months to get that plan in place so they could activate that mock school shooting. So Something that everybody that's, would know it was mock. Right. Uh -huh. And not only that, but... Uh, 
something I never even thought. I mean, little things you don't think about. He said, you know, they had students students in the bathrooms and, you know, things like that when supposedly the shooter come through, you know, and those kids are supposed to stay hunkered down. Can you imagine staying a 14, 15-year-old, for instance, staying in the bathroom, trying to keep quiet all by themselves for hours upon end? Mm-hmm. I mean, that really resonated with me to think, oh, man, here's a 14-year-old that's in a bathroom stall trying to keep quiet because there's a school and shooting. scared to death. Scared to death. That somebody might come in that exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and their first instinct sure. is to use their cell phone. Well, you know, that might be fine to call, but you've also got to realize that you could get calls back. So, I mean, it was just very eye-opening the things that can take place and what goes into training for those type of incidents. Yes. Yeah. So, like I said, it's an everyday learning experience. You, I don't think people that have been in it for years probably still know everything. <laughs> you know, Shelley, uh, you, you brought this shooting thing up, and quite frankly, when we were talking about emergency management, I'm thinking about fires and tornadoes, right. floods, and right there. But it hadn't occurred to me at first yeah. that this is one of the things you have to be prepared for. Yes. And, we, you know, and that's and part you, of it. You know, it's not necessarily all emergencies, I guess, and you can't necessarily say it's disasters. It's just kind of a, a combination of both. Because a crisis? I, yeah, a crisis. Maybe. I don't normally go to, like, car accidents. That's out of my realm. But if they call and say... You know, we need somebody up here to block the road. Um, we've been out here on the scene for six hours. We need some water. We need some food. Oh, yeah. They call me, and I I go well, that's to emergency. do that. Yes, sure. it is. You know, your your people, your EMS and your firemen and, you know, your patrol, they all need to be hydrated and fed so they can do their job as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's like I said, if I'm called, I go. <laughs> You're you're there for that purpose. Yes. Uh, and you see yourself in that role, and you've had help with, as I understand it, from the these others who've been right. there and played this game before. Right. Uh, and I don't mean game. You know, right. But, I understand. Yeah. Crisis itself. So uh, I guess what I should say in closing is, um, I'm glad you're there. Well, thank you. I hope you don't have to do anything. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it would be satisfactory to me if right. I knew that you didn't have to to go out on some sort of crisis like that. But that's what you're there you for. You know, I'm on call 24-7. So, well, yeah. Well, congratulations on being there for a year. I, I'm glad, I'm glad. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't run me off or I haven't gotten too afraid yet. <laughs> No, you know what you're doing. I'm glad you. Thank you for coming on to this. Well, thank podcast. you for inviting me, and hopefully, uh, I, you know, gave a little insight to what well, the position really is. We want very much. I want very much to have people on this podcast who are a part of the community, right? Uh, and want to assist the information flow, right, of the community. And uh, you're doing that, and I appreciate very much. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for inviting me, Shelley Engelhart. She is the emergency manager for Kiowa County. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you.